This is 52 Gifts, and I'm Bernadette, here to tell you about my big, little project to bring more smiles to the people in my life by sending them the perfect gifts. For birthdays, anniversaries, holidays, or mainly just because, this is where I share all the details with you so you can enjoy these 52 gifts, too. Howdy doody, and welcome to 52 Gifts, the podcast about giving gifts and making donations. It's super fun. You should do it. (laughs) So this week, I wanted to take some time to talk about the gift of food and specifically about sending meals as part of a group to others, like for various reasons. We've talked in previous episodes about cookies and banana bread, but this week I wanted to cover dinner gifts because I've been involved in a few lately, and thanks to technology, they're easier than ever to organize. Back in the day after our children were born, folks would show up with food that we could eat or freeze for later as a way to provide some relief for exhausted new parents. And at that time, I was a member of the Junior League of Poughkeepsie, and the meal train was organized by my fellow members. If you're not familiar with the Junior Leagues, um, they're not Little League Baseball, (laughs) as people often ask me. They are an international organization for women's leadership and volunteerism. And I'll talk more about the Junior League later on in the nonprofit section. Bringing food items or full meals to people, either in a potluck situation, as a host or a hostess gift, as a special treat, or to help out a family member that's going through a hectic or stressful time, probably goes back to the beginning of modern civilization. One blog that I found on the topic says, Giving food as a gift is an ancient tradition that was used to extend offers of friendship, to aid negotiations, formalize treaties, show compassion, respect, and even establish dominance. Today, there are still many cultures that place a high level of importance on hospitality and food gifts. It's also the most basic form of offering at any celebration or special occasion the world over. Bringing food to people is as comforting as it is practical. Because no matter what's going on in people's lives, they gotta eat. And a lot of times when there's children involved, when they have their meal times disrupted or their schedule is thrown off, it can really add to the chaos that they're already experiencing. I mean, adults can usually get by on, you know, scraps or make do and deal with a messed up schedule a little bit easier than kids can, especially when they know that it's temporary. Like intellectually, they can process it and understand that, you know, for this amount of time, things are just going to be a little bit zany, and hopefully they'll get back to normal soon. But in times of turmoil or like big changes, good food can really help maintain a sense of normalcy for families. 
It's super duper practical too because if you're the person in charge of planning, shopping, and cooking for a family of any size, you know how much time, energy, and effort goes into it. Unfortunately, delicious, nutritious meals do not just magically appear. I sure wish they did. (laughs) Besides, Giving the gift of food or meals is something that we can do for others when it feels like there's nothing else that we can do. So in the last couple of months, I've been able to participate in two meal brigade situations. One was for a family who was affected by a terrible house fire. They lost almost all of the contents of their house and... They've been displaced while they try to rebuild. And another was for a family whose parent had major surgery. In both cases, the schedule of meal deliveries has done several things. It helped alleviate the burden of shopping and cooking. It allows the families to enjoy a home-cooked meal together. And it lets the recipients know that they are cared for and supported by people in their community. And I feel like feeling like, I feel like feeling like we are a part of a group that looks out for each other and takes care of each other creates so many positive feelings and positive effects. And those feelings of connection are really what make communities strong. I just think about all the ways that feeling feelings of disconnection and disenfranchisement and distrust erode our personal and collective health and happiness. I mean, really pause this if you have to and really give that a think because the power of bringing and keeping people together with strong bonds and relationships cannot be underestimated. It's why we've survived as a species, I think, and Some may say it's why we're here at all. And few things bring people together more than sharing food. Now, neither of the families that we delivered food to were at risk of going hungry or not having a way of feeding themselves. But that's not what the point is. The people organized the meal train to show support and to let the families know that As fellow humans, we know what it means to be stressed out by hard circumstances and that worrying about shopping and cooking is likely the last thing on your mind when you're going through something tough. Technology has really helped make meal gifting easier. A while back, I think most people use Sign Up Genius which is like that volunteer sign-up website where you could, you know, sign up to work in the school PTA or whatever the case may be. Um, And people started using that to do the meal deliveries. And it was helpful because you could see what other people were doing or bringing and you could avoid duplicates, um, which was really great. But these two recent meal sign-up things that I was involved in came through Take Them a Meal. So it's takethemameal.com, which 
is basically like Sign Up Genius, but it's customized to apply to bringing people meals. So they also have extra content on there, like recipe ideas for great things to bring to other people and tips for bringing meals, um, things that are obvious but not everyone thinks of, like sending food in containers that you don't need back so that the person who gets the food doesn't have to keep track of it or spend time, you know, trying to return it to you. Um, that's like a, a simple thing that I wouldn't necessarily have thought of, and um, it really takes the burden off of that person to try to get you back your pan or your dish. So um, that's helpful. And also, there's a tip that is great that I usually do, which is doubling the recipe so that you're cooking for yourself as well as for the people that you've signed up to take a meal to. One thing that I discovered after using Take Them a Meal was that they have a sister site called Perfect Potluck. And that's a website specifically for organizing group meals at like parties or vacations. And this seems like a perfect solution. Um, Our family goes on a big family trip to, um, this year it's the beach, but it could, could be the lake or whatever. And So I'm going to check it out, and maybe we'll start using Perfect Potluck to organize our 21-person meals this year instead of using a Google Doc um, or emailing back and forth. Um, So it's probably going to make make divvying up the meal nights and the paper products and all of the other supplies that we need so much easier. When I searched for more info on Take Them a Meal, I discovered that there is also a service called Meal Train, which looks like it has basically the same functionality as Take Them a Meal. I think Meal Train lets you do more things um, to support people, like there's extra things that you can do through the site, but you have to have a paid subscription. I found an online review of meal services like this, and it turns out that there are several. There's one called Give in Kind, Lots of Helping Hands, and also one called Care Calendar. There might even be more, but I was surprised to see this many on this list. And basically, they all vary slightly, but essentially provide the same functions. Take Them a Meal was founded by some folks called the Baileys, and I like that their model feels like homey and real, like they're, you know, real people who created this out of necessity, and it it really evolved as, um, you know, filling a, a personal need. Um, meal Train looks a little bit more slick and corporate. And they have some more like buzzwords and their website's, you know, kind of polished looking. So it's really about what appeals to you or quite frankly, it just matters what service somebody has invited you to participate with. In both cases, I brought the same thing. It's an old school chicken cacciatore recipe. 
Nothing weird or fancy. It's just basically chicken, green peppers, onions, tomatoes, and spices. And I brought it over with some rice and sadly a store made lemon cake. Ideally, I would have made a dessert, but it has been a particularly hectic week and sometimes you've just got to do the best you can. One family I didn't know personally, so it was slightly awkward trying to like introduce myself and also hand over the food, but I was really glad to participate because hopefully the fact that we aren't friends um, drove home that idea that this group that we're all a part of cares for its members and that you don't need to be personal friends with someone to accept their support. In the other case, I do know the family, so it was great to see my friend and get a status update on the recovery and give them the meal. And in both cases, the recipient sent an email or a text with a nice note of thanks. My friend even said that it was the first time that he had a second helping of food since the surgery because he hasn't had an appetite. So that made me even more happy that somebody organized this meal brigade and invited me to it. I feel like I helped a tiny bit. And man, I am a total sucker for some positive reinforcement. I really do eat it right up. Okay, so now let's talk about the donation of the week. It's another bonus week because I actually made two donations this time around. And both are inspired by this week's meal delivery topic. I know that last week I teed up a donation related to an unsolved crime, but I'm saving that for a subsequent episode because these two really made sense for this week. The first is a donation to the Junior League of Poughkeepsie, where I was a member and a past president in the early aughts. And as I mentioned at the top of the show, the Junior League is an international leadership and volunteerism organization for women. It has a long history, and some of the largest and well-known leagues were in the southern United States. Up in New York, our leagues were a little less like high society and a little bit more mission-driven, I would say. Sure, we had socials and parties, but there were also a lot of volunteer work hours and drives and community outreach. In my best understanding and recollection, I feel like the League was created way back in 1901 to allow women who traditionally didn't work outside the home to have a place to gain new skills and put them to use for the benefit of their communities. And although they weren't gainfully employed, the idea was that women could accomplish a lot through volunteer activities and coordination. These days, women don't necessarily need places to learn new skills. Like they have jobs and they have skills. They've gone to, they, you know, they have education and um, they're, they're professionals usually. So the organization has evolved over the years to become a place that gives women an opportunity to put their knowledge and their skills to use for the community 
and to promote volunteerism, which is something that continues to be a need. We need people to volunteer. I enjoyed our junior league a lot, and um, I made a lot of good friends and a lot of acquaintances, and I really enjoyed the projects that we worked on in the community. And it is tough to volunteer there when you have small children and you're working, and so it's, it's a tough sell to try to get people at that time in their lives to be part of a volunteer organization, but... Um, it really is helpful for building networks and making friends and promoting um, projects in the community that may not otherwise ever get done. And I'll always remember how they got together to bring us meals after the children were born. And it's been a while since I've been in touch with anyone in the league, so it was nice to go to their website and just quickly see that they accept donations online. So that was great. And I made my donation, and I received a personal email note of thanks from the current president the very next day. So that was great. And you could tell that it wasn't an automated receipt email because I, I received that too. But I got a note personally from um, someone in the league saying, you know, thank you for your gift. So that was great. A little personal touch. The second was a donation to an organization called Sparrow's Nest of the Hudson Valley. And this is a nonprofit that delivers homemade meals to families that are facing a cancer diagnosis in the Hudson Valley of New York. And Sparrow's Nest was founded in 2012 by a woman named Krista Jones. And she created this organization with the idea that Cooking for the families of local moms diagnosed with cancer, um, and they've assisted more than 500 families. And just reading from their website, it says, Our mission is about so much more than food. It is about supporting families whose world has been turned upside down, families who have no time to cook, and giving recipients precious time to focus on their families. Sparrow's Nest is about providing these families some normalcy when nothing seems normal at all, and some sense of comfort when nothing feels comfortable. And according to the website, the charity feeds an average of 300 people each week, and they spend about $10,000 a week to do that. I'm personally familiar with Sparrow's Nest because um, they host a sev like they have several fundraising events, all different types of things, and one of them is or was I'm not sure if they still do it a Disney half marathon. So, you know, a group of people get together, they sign up, they raise money, they train together, and then they go to Disney in Florida to run a half marathon. And Disney puts on several half marathons a year and they all have different themes and they play music and there are a lot of people there cheering and it's very exciting and fun to do. Um, you also get to run through Disney at a time when the park is closed and kind of see behind the scenes and you know run in places that you wouldn't be going if you were visiting the park. So two of my sisters-in-law and I participated in one um, with Sparrow's Nest. And 
they held all kinds of training runs leading up to the race and they helped coordinate all the details for the runners and um, we collected sponsorships and donations from people in support of Sparrow's Nest and it was a really terrific experience overall and during the months of getting ready for this race I ended up learning a lot about their mission and how impactful their meal program is to families going through cancer together. And it's really incredible what they've been able to do in just a decade and how they've grown. The race itself was a wild experience, though. A tornado came through the that part of Florida right as we were about to start the race, and so we all had to seek shelter and stand around waiting for hours before the race could begin. So like our legs and feet were so tired just from standing around for hours before the race even started. And because of the weather, they ended up cutting the race short and we only got to run about seven or eight miles instead of the 13.1 that we were supposed to do. But after we returned home, Sparrow's Nest held their own half marathon um, for all the Disney participants who wanted to run the full distance. So it was like a do-over day. And um, I signed up to do it, and it was <laughs> along the rail trail. And so just a flat, um, you know, uneventful course. There were no bands cheering. There were no parades. There was nobody, um, you know, cheering me on. So it was kind of a lonely and long race. I actually did finish it. Um, it was hard and I did cry, <laughs> but that was my first half, half marathon. And I think I've done three more since and have one coming up really soon. So anyway, you can learn more about the junior league and about Sparrow's Nest by visiting their websites, and I've listed both of those in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening this week, and if you're cooking something good for dinner tonight, think about doubling it and bringing some to a friend. It's really fun. See you next week. If you liked this episode, I thank you for giving it a shot, and I encourage you to share it with a friend. We could all use a little more positive content in our lives, eh? Also, subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcast or Spotify and leave a review. If you have questions or comments about this week's gifts, or if you have suggestions for future gift ideas or donations, I'd love to hear them. Email them to me at 52gifts at BernadetteMac.com. It's the number 52GIFTS at BernadetteMac.com. And be sure to check out the photos of each weekly gift at BernadetteMac.com forward slash 52GIFTS or on Instagram at 52GIFTSPOD. You can show your love for this podcast by heading on over to BernadetteMac.com forward slash 52GIFTS and become a supporter. And 52 Gifts is produced and hosted by Bernadette Mack. Our writer is Bernadette Mack, with research provided by Bernadette Mack. Our editor is Bernadette Mack. Social media support provided by, you guessed it, Bernadette Mack. See you next week.